0: Back half of his skull should have been a large cloud of red mist just now settling to the earth and staining the frost rimed dirt crimson if he had scored a direct hit. Obviously, he had not. He was bleeding quite a bit, but he should have been killed immediately. Some force had interfered with his aim. He hit the dirt and bounced slightly on the right side of his head. Though his point of view had not changed, Brady felt removed from what was happening, as if he were a spectator. The only part of his body that he seemed to be able to move was his left hand, which kept reaching for his face and somehow just missing it. The shotgun had landed directly in his line of sight, a wisp of smoke curling from the barrel. He could still taste the metal in his mouth. The keening, high-pitched squeal of the ringing in his ears gave way to an intermittent whistling hiss that ebbed and flowed with each wheezing breath Brady took. His left hand finally made contact with his face, and his worst fears were confirmed. All that remained below his left eye was a grisly, wet pit, littered with shards of bone embedded in the fluttering remnants of his sinuses. His fingers slid down in the meaty mess. His lower jaw had been pulverized, but somehow his entire tongue remained intact, flopping in the bloody dirt like a dying fish. Gradually drifting away from consciousness, Brady was more than ready to leave this mortal coil. There was no bright light that he could see, no stairway to heaven, no elevator to hell, just a blurring of the lines, a fading of the colors. Everything seemed washed out, as if the color was slowly leaching from the sky. The trees. The blood on the ground. Something prevented his final exit. Like a rubber band stretched to its limits, he was hauled back into his body against his will. The voices were still there, and they were screaming in terror as the agony of his wounds slammed into him. His left hand and arm were doused with each arcing spurt of blood from his torn carotid artery. His right hand—in fact, the entire right side of his body—was paralyzed. He couldn't have moved, even if he had wanted to. The voices changed in tone, rather than giving off the unmistakable aura of fear. He now sensed anger and desperation, as if they understood he was leaving them soon. Whoever they were, Brady knew now that, even though he had completely messed up the shot, he was still bleeding to death. This way was more painful, and took longer than he had wanted to go. But perhaps it was better. Perhaps he needed the pain as penance for his mortal sins. Soon, Sylvia, soon I'll have you back in my arms. If he still had anything resembling a mouth, he would have smiled. Slightly more than three minutes later, as the tide of blood from his gutted throat slowed from a gush to a seeping trickle, William Brady, aged fifty seven, "'died alone on the frozen, forest floor. "'His last breath exited his body, and all was still. "'For a moment it seemed as if the woodlands as one creature "'let out a pent-up sigh. "'Suddenly a muscular, undulating ripple "'flowed up Brady's lifeless torso from the lump in his gut. "'The flesh of his corpse bulged as the object "'inched toward the bloody cavity in his neck. It reached the gash, tearing open skin and muscle while it pushed itself out, in a disturbing semblance of childbirth. Glistening with gore, a small, worm-like head with a set of translucent yellow feelers emerged. It tested the edges of the hole before the bulk of the organism climbed out onto Brady's torso. Pseudo-eyes formed on the ends of the feelers and swiveled to both sides. Danger! it thought. It looked back at its bloody cave. Safety. Food, it realized. Without hesitation, the alien creature slid back inside its haven and waited. Eventually, another steed would arrive. They always did.